Hey everyone, welcome to the Root Cause Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Jones. And on this podcast, we go in depth with leading experts to understand and improve your health and well being. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Kate Henry about her food as medicine approach to mental health and all around thriving in life. She walks us through the physiology of the vitamins, nutrients, and amino acids that make up the neurotransmitters in our brain and then relates it back to the foods we eat and how we absorb them. Dr. Henry is a naturopathic doctor at Sonare Today, where she has advanced training in mind-body medicine and functional approaches in mental health. It was an absolute pleasure talking with her as her passion and energy really shines through. Here's a clip from today's conversation. If I asked you, how do you make dopamine from food? Do you know? There, I'll give you a hint. There's two ingredients. And let me just say, if you're sitting there being like, Kate, what are you talking about? It's tyrosine and B6. So there are chemical reactions that your body uses to build neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, right? And it's not a secret and it's not a mystery. It's right there on our biochemistry pages, but somehow that's not making it into the clinic. And so what we do in the clinic is we sit people down and we go, okay, you've got depression, right? And you're not eating enough tryptophan, B6, B12, folic acid to make serotonin. So here's how we're going to get you there. And we start there with the foundations of how do you make neurotransmitters from food in the first place? And then also let's build you a plan that does it for you where you don't have to think about it. So we always, always, always start with the 80 data point nutrition analysis with people, vitamins A through K, minerals, calcium through zinc, amino acids, omega-3s, fiber. And then we go from there. This is just a small taste of the amazing show we have for you today. Today's episode is sponsored by Rupa Health. Rupa Health is the best place to order, track, and get results from 20 plus lab companies in one single place. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Kate Henry, oh my gosh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. We connected. I'm so glad that we connected and we completely were nerding out girl style uh, about two weeks ago. And I was like, I absolutely have to have this doctor on the show because one, we just connected Two, you were a ball of energy. And three, you just really talk about mental health in a way that I appreciate. And I think our listeners are going to appreciate. Thank you so much. Let's do it. Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's dive in. (laughs) All right. So before we get started, just give everyone a little background about who you are and what you stand for and what you see in your practice. Absolutely. So hi, guys. I'm Dr. Kate Henry. I am the director of the functional medicine program at Sonare today. I'm a naturopathic doctor with advanced training in nutrition and mind-body approaches in mental health. I help people use food as medicine to heal chronic illnesses and thrive. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about food as medicine for mental health, which is great because you and I were talking before that mental health is a massive topic. It's a massive topic and you take, you like really wholeheartedly take the food as medicine approach. So let's open with that. You yes. say you use food as medicine. What does that mean in regards to mental health? Absolutely, guys. So anybody who's listening, I want you to stop and think. If I asked you, how do you make dopamine from food? Do you know? There, I'll give you a hint. There's two ingredients. And let me just say, if you're sitting there being like, Kate, what are you talking about? Even the doctors <laughs> who come shadow with me don't know this. It took me extra training to learn this. It's tyrosine and B6. So there are chemical reactions that your body uses to build neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not a secret and it's not a mystery. It's right there on our biochemistry pages, but somehow that's not making it into the clinic. 
And so what we do in the clinic is we sit people down and we go, okay, you've got depression, right? And you're not eating enough tryptophan, B6, B12, folic acid to make serotonin. So here's how we're going to get you there. And we start there with the foundations of how do you make neurotransmitters from food in the first place? And then also let's build you a plan that does it for you where you don't have to think about it. So we always, always, always start with the 80 data point nutrition analysis with people, vitamins A through K, minerals, calcium through zinc, amino acids, omega-3s, fiber. And then we go from there. This is amazing. This is amazing because I think let's go to the beginning of neurotransmitters. Yes. So you talk about dopamine, serotonin, GABA as an example. Explain so that it's relatable. Like what is dopamine? Why would somebody care about what they're eating to affect their dopamine or serotonin or GABA? Love it. So guys, dopamine is your focus and reward neurochemical. So people who come in and they're having a hard time paying attention, they're feeling distracted. Sometimes people come in and say, Kate, I think I have ADHD, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or anhedonic depression, which is lack of pleasure, drive, and joy, right? So these people show up, they're in bed all day. The things that used to get them out of bed and bring them joy, don't do it for them anymore. They're feeling sad. They're feeling demotivated. That's somebody who doesn't have enough dopamine because dopamine is your focus, joy, pleasure, and motivation molecule. And dopamine gets sort of linked to very extreme things, right? Like gambling or Mm -hmm. sex addiction or Mm -hmm. shopping addiction, which it can Mm -hmm. definitely be those things too, but it can be everyday things too, right? Like Mm -hmm. what you snack on or chocolate or hitting Mm -hmm. on your phone every time your phone pings and Mm -hmm. you get distracted and go right to your phone. Is that true? There's a whole science behind dopamine and reward, and there are big companies studying it, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you come in the office, we use all the research that's been done on dopamine to help you build a plan to heal if you're deficient in it. Serotonin is a bit different. So serotonin, it looks a little bit more like irritable depression if you're low in it, because serotonin, yes, helps you to feel a bit uplifted, Hmm. right? So this looks like somebody who comes in and the first thing they notice is everything that's wrong. They're irritable. (laughs) The dishes aren't done and you hear about it, right? Mm -hmm. They're picking up on all the things that they feel like they're negative. They feel like they're nitpicky and they can't get out of it and they don't know why. And that's because low serotonin upregulates activity in a part of the brain called the anterior cingulate gyrus, which helps you to identify errors in the environment. And so a lot of times I have moms come in or or people come in who are like, oh my God, I'm snapping at everybody. Why? And I'm so irritable. I used to be a positive person. A lot of times that's serotonin. And what people don't know is that we also make melatonin Mm. from serotonin. So if you're deficient in serotonin, you're also not making enough melatonin, which means you're up at night thinking about the fact that the dishes aren't done (laughs) or whatever, whatever was wrong during the day. Being all irritable. And I think this come from a world of women's health and hormones. That's sort of where I historically have played. And so I would get that a lot from women who just say, especially PMS week. So is an example, Mm. like I can't handle my partner. I can't handle my kids. Everything is wrong. I went from things were fine to just exactly what you said. I'm super snappy. I have found everything wrong with my boss, my partner, my job, my kids, my friends, the world. And I am very quick to point it out. And you're saying that serotonin. It can be. Yep. Likely. Yeah. And what's wonderful about that is because we make serotonin naturally from food when we eat the right foods, you can really gently kind of smooth that out for people. So it's not uncommon for PMS week for women to experience a drop in serotonin functionally because estrogen affects mm-hmm. the sensitivity of serotonin receptors. So often what we'll do for people in that week is have them eat a little bit more protein 
and a little bit more sources of folate, B12, and B6. And those are things like spinach, black-eyed peas, nutritional yeast, some fish, right? And Mm -hmm. we craft them a plan that does it for them so they don't have to remember this list of things. (laughs) What I didn't, I didn't hear you say chocolate. I didn't hear you say chocolate in that list. Does that count? (laughs) You don't. You certainly should eat chocolate because it will stimulate (laughs) oxytocin and bring you joy and it Mm. never hurts. But in terms of being a good source of B12, not high on the list, but we still include it because food has to bring you joy. Okay. And then let's go back to the serotonin melatonin connection. Can you expand on that further? Because I think sleep issues, especially around the discussion of melatonin are huge. Absolutely. So I want you guys, if you're at home and you're by a computer or you're sitting and you're not driving and you're listening to this, you can pull up on your phone, serotonin to melatonin, click on images on Google and look at this chemical reaction. So you'll see it's two steps. You take serotonin in your brain and there are two enzymes that convert it from first serotonin to N-acetylserotonin. And then the second step is N-acetylserotonin to melatonin. Those two enzymes only become active in the dark. This is why you're not supposed to look at lights or blue lights a half hour before you go to bed, right? It's not this sort of thing that doctors tell people for no reason. It's because we need those enzymes to turn on so that you can convert serotonin to melatonin. Now, if you're thinking, I do that, I wear my blue light blockers. If you don't have enough serotonin in the first place, you can't make enough melatonin. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how often do you think you see that? Or how often do you come up against that in your clinic? A million times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because I see everyone who's already tried everything, right? Mm -hmm. Or they come in and they're on Zoloft because an SSRI is helping them Mm -hmm. because they don't have enough serotonin to begin with. So what I'll often say to people is, look, I'm glad you're on the SSRI. It's helping you because what an SSRI will do is keep the limited amount of serotonin that you've got in your brain around for a longer time. But my goal is to fill your brain with serotonin so that you don't have to like, you know, keep the little bit that you're making around, fill that pool. And then you have enough, you feel relaxed, you can sleep, you're positive, and then life just gets easier. And that's what we all want. We want life to get easier. Yes. So I want to just recap because you had said in the very beginning that serotonin, it's tryptophan, vitamin B12, folate, and vitamin B6. I mean, these are not crazy rare, complicated nutrients, right? These are like most everybody in the world understands vitamin B12. Like most everyone understands folate on B. You know, everyone understands just B vitamins in general. And you're saying this is what makes up serotonin in the first place. This is what helps you make a serotonin, so to speak. Absolutely. And so this is where guys, you should look up the NHANES study because if you're an American, your tax dollars pay for this. Every couple of decades, the the CDC, the USDA, the FDA, and the NIH all team up. They survey the U.S. population and they look at blood levels and urine levels and intake of nutrients. Can you guys guess what the number one nutrient deficiency in the U.S. is? Give me a second. Ooh, what is it? It's B6. Really? I would have said magnesium or D. (laughs) Now, listen, if we measured those correctly, would those be at the top? Maybe. Probably. But B6 is affects 11% of the population. That's a huge number. I mean, relatively, right? That's big. And you need B6 to make both dopamine and serotonin. And you also need it to make GABA from glutamate. So are we surprised that so many people in our society are depressed, anxious, and can't sleep when the cofactor we need to make all these neurotransmitters is our number one deficiency, right? So you might be sitting at home thinking the chances of me being nutrient deficient are slim, right? Like I'm overweight. I wish I had less nutrients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's level for a second, guys. 90% of people who struggle with obesity are deficient in vitamin D, right? A very high portion 
Deficient. Deficient, mm-hmm. right? A very high portion are deficient in folate. Every person I see at the clinic is deficient in at least five nutrients. And you might be thinking you get enough tryptophan, but if you're not getting 100% of the protein you need in a day, you're not getting enough. I have yet to see somebody walk in my clinic who's eating 100% of the protein they need in a day. If you do not check, you cannot know. How would you know? Yep. Yeah. So this is why we check when you come in and we show you this is how much B6 you're getting from your typical diet over the last couple of days, right? And Mm -hmm. we can kind of extrapolate from there. And people love to see the numbers because it makes it real. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hang on a second. I'm only getting 30% of the ingredients I need to make serotonin. No wonder I feel 30% as happy as it could. Yeah. Yeah. This information is so relatable, right? People are listening to this going, wait a minute. You mean everything that I need to create these neurotransmitters comes from diet. But yet our society, for good or bad, is immediately like, here, take this antidepressant of some kind. And here's why. And if you're okay with me talking about this, I want to take a minute and kind of level with people. A lot of people feel like this when they learn about this nutrition science and they're like, I never heard this. Why? Mm -hmm. And the thought can immediately go to, well, somebody doesn't want me to know, right? Or the pharmaceutical companies don't want me to know. Mm. Let me explain to you guys why this, you haven't heard this before. We don't have a standardized nutrition curriculum in U.S. schools. Mm. You didn't learn this in school. It's not your fault. It's just not part of the curriculum. Second, you cannot patent a nutrient. So you can't patent B6. You can't patent B12. You can't patent folate. You can't patent tryptophan. And so it's very hard for companies to make money off of selling those things. And so companies that are selling them don't have the budget to market to you. That's why you haven't heard of them. It's not a conspiracy theory, right? It's mm-hmm. that this just this information hasn't made it to you yet. You have to find a functional medicine doctor mm-hmm. or a functional medicine nutrition expert who can sit down and teach you this. Now, this is why we do so much publicity and like and marketing and free talks in my practice because this information is a birthright for anyone born in a human body. You should not have to pay to learn this. Yeah. It should just be like pre-K and forward. You learn it every single year. And that's our goal at Sonari is to bring this information to everybody. And then we kind of teach you in the clinic, how do you apply it to you, right? If you're right. somebody who's never going to eat spinach or black-eyed peas or beef liver, like we can still get you full late. <laughs> we just got to teach you how. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I want to go back for a second, just so we can close up on the neurotransmitters or like just close that circle. You said something about glutamate to GABA with anxiety. And I think... People, maybe listeners have heard of GABA or maybe some people are on medications such as Xanax or something that's to support GABA, to reduce anxiety. But can you explain how the brain makes GABA and what it does? Yeah. So again, if you guys are visual learners and you're following along at home, glutamate to GABA pathway is a high yield image for you to go Google and search. Mm -hmm. So glutamate is an excitatory neurotransmitter that we make and keep in our brain tissue. So there's a blood-brain barrier where you have certain things floating around in your blood and then they have to diffuse through your blood-brain barrier and your brain will then sort of build chemical components inside of that tissue, that brain tissue. Okay. Glutamate is already in your brain tissue. It's very excitatory. Now, is that a good thing in small amounts? Yes. When you have too much, it can make you irritable. It can make you almost feel manic. It'll interrupt your sleep cycle or you can be up for a lot longer than you'd like to be, right? Insomnia, sometimes glutamate is at the root of that, irritability. And you need B6 to turn that into GABA. GABA is a calming neurotransmitter. 
You can hear me like, mm. <laughs> yep. I heard the Zen. Absolutely. Helps you sleep, helps you relax. People who are GABA deficient, who finally get GABA, report that they just feel at ease. They did not realize their shoulders were up at their ears or their jaw was clenched for what feels like years. And then they get enough GABA, they can finally relax. People with PTSD who have lived through traumatic events have lower levels of GABA in their cerebrospinal fluid than people who have not. We can measure this, guys. So if you're somebody who's been through trauma and ever since your trauma, you can't sleep, this is a chemical pathway that we need to look at for you. Now, GABA is a little more mysterious than serotonin and dopamine because we don't make it from amino acids in the same way. Like the way you make dopamine is easy, right? You remember me saying two things, B6, tryptophan. Mm -hmm. We don't exactly understand how we make the GABA composition of foods. What we do know is that when you ferment foods, the amount of GABA in them goes up, which is fascinating, right? So things like yams and vegetables do have GABA at very low amounts. And then when you ferment them, the GABA content goes up. We could do a whole talk on GABA. (laughs) I was going to say, so that means like the fermented food's fantastic. Right? Yes. Now you may be listening, thinking I'm tracking my macros, right? I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. right. So what Kate's saying doesn't matter for me. If you're not absorbing these nutrients because you've got a gut issue, right? Or an enzyme issue, Mm -hmm. then you aren't making these neurotransmitters because it's not about what you eat. It's about what you absorb. Mm -hmm. It's what your your gut microbiome does with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And you need enough stomach acid. You need enough enzymes. You need enough motility, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to do all this. So that we're also looking at that too. I'm never somebody who's going to just say like, Hey, go eat more protein. Good luck. Yeah. It's like, hang on a second. <laughs> we're going to treat the whole person and make sure you're actually getting all these amazing foods that we're making sure you're eating. Oh, I love this. Okay. So as a recap, tyrosine and B6 make dopamine, mm-hmm. tryptophan, B12, folate, B6 serotonin yes, and then throw in some darkness and two more steps and you get melatonin. Mm-hmm. The darkness is key, which I love that you said that you need serotonin in the first place for melatonin, but you also need darkness because I think, especially the last two years, mm-hmm. the last couple of years, so many people are up on their phone and they're up on Netflix and they're working from home. And so they're just staying up late and pouring over spreadsheets or answering emails. And so they think they're around darkness, mm-hmm. but really they're pretty light exposed given all the Mm -hmm. devices that we have. Mm -hmm. So definitely something to keep that in mind. And then to get from glutamate to GABA, we're once again looking at vitamin B6. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as you're saying, as you said, all of this can come from food or does come from food. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, if you're not eating it and you can't absorb it and get it in, let your microbiome have at it, then you're really going to struggle with these neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so fascinating. And it's doable. This is what I love. This is where people can listen to this and go, I can do that. I can do that. (laughs) This is why food as medicine is so powerful because it Mm -hmm. democratizes access to good health and good medicine. Mm -hmm. You do not need a prescription. You do not need a pill. Mm -hmm. You can get this in the grocery store. You just need to know how. And guys, again, your tax dollars pay for resources that will teach you this. You just need to know where to find it. So Office of Dietary Supplements at the NIH compiles lists of foods that are high in specific nutrients. So it's just ODS, right? Go to that website, you type in B6 Mm -hmm. and you click on health professional fact sheet. It's going to give you a list of the foods that are highest in B6, right? Now you might feel overwhelmed and like, (laughs) oh my God, wait, hold on. It's like, and this is what we do for you at at our clinic is we'll build Mm -hmm. you a food as medicine plan that automatically gets you there, but you don't need that. You could do this on your own. This is your right. Yeah. 
And I wish that was published more, right? I wish that was, it is public, but just because it's public doesn't mean it's easily available, accessible, known about. It's the Mm -hmm. known about part that is really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Because you know about it and now we're talking about it, but somebody listening might go, wait, that's public information? Nobody told me where to look. I never knew where to look. Dr. Carrie Jones, folks, on the Rupa podcast. That's who's telling me. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's keep, <laughs> let's talk about this 80 different lab point, data point analysis that you do, because I would say the majority of practitioners from all walks of life don't do this at all. They may run a vitamin D, right? They may look at a few nutrients here and there, depending on their background and experience, but you're checking out 80. So talk to us about that. So this is the nutrient analysis that we do. And actually it's a look at people's diet. Okay. So we look at a couple days of diet. We run it through a nutrient analysis software. Okay. The software we use at the clinic is called Chronometer. It's what nutritionists use all over the world. Chronometer is spelled C-R-O-N-O meter, <laughs> right? No H. People want to put an H in there, <laughs> like chronometer, C-R. So we use that and our, we pay for that for our patients through the practice who come in. We have them track their food and we track it for them for a couple of days. And what it will do is pull an 80 data point nutrient analysis. So we can see how much vitamin C, how much E, how much A, how much of all the B vitamins, calcium through zinc, right? We're looking at everything. Now, this is because not only is this good medicine, right? Because you know, if you're giving your body all the nutrients, it needs to run its biochemical reactions. Mm-hmm. That's what helps you have good health. But we do it in particular at Sonare because a lot of the people that we see are struggling with mental health issues. And there's a great paper, if any docs or any people who love to read are in the audience, yeah, let me pull it up. I want to give you the PubMed ID and I'll give you the title because again, this was a paper published from the National Institutes of Mental Health. The title is The Role of Nutrients in Protecting Mitochondrial Function and Neurotransmitter Signaling Implications for the Treatment of Depression, PTSD, and Suicidal Behaviors. That's amazing. And I want you to go look that up because what it talks about is all of the biomarkers of depression, suicide, and PTSD. Let me explain what that means. You can walk in my clinic and I don't even have to talk to you. All I have to do is take your blood and I can tell you how depressed you are. Wow. Yeah. Right? Think about this. And this is why this paper is phenomenal. And any practitioner who's dealing with patients who have mental health issues needs to read this because it will point you in the direction of how do you really help your patients and hone in on their root cause? So there's a, a couple different biomarkers that people look at. Cholesterol, cortisol, and total antioxidant capacity are some of the top ones. Antioxidant capacity in most of the research papers is determined by assessing the levels of a couple key nutrients, vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc, and CoQ10. Vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc, and CoQ10. Okay. All right. Yes. Nothing crazy, nothing rare, right? Nothing weird. Right. Pretty standard. Right. Mm -hmm. So people with major depressive disorder are far more likely to be low in those four nutrients than controls. We can predict it with accuracy. And controls for the people at home is just like a research term for for people without depression, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're always hyper-focused on those nutrients when people come in. I'm checking zinc all the time. And at first when people come in, look, people come into the clinic when they're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's not usually your best day. And me telling you, you got to go get these labs drawn for zinc. You might not make it for a few weeks. So that's why we do the nutrition analysis up front 
Because if I see that you haven't eaten a dang thing with zinc for a decade, (laughs) (laughs) which is not uncommon, right? Because guess what the top source of zinc is? Oysters. Not my favorite. (laughs) I haven't eaten one in 10 years, right? This is why I take my zinc supplement every once in a while. And this is why so many people benefit from zinc supplementation Mm -hmm. in the US because oysters are not a part of our traditional diet. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we're looking at these and we're, we're really honing in on the things that make a major difference in mental health quickly. It also lets us be super strategic with the labs that we do order, right? Okay. Because again, if you haven't eaten zinc in 10 years, do I need to prioritize serum zinc for you? Or can I start you on a diet that's zinc replete and wait on that for a bit, right? Yep. While we work up other things. Makes sense. Yeah. So it allows us to be strategic. It allows us to prioritize things. The other things we're looking at are omega-3s. You could treat depression with four grams of omega-3s a day. It's phenomenal. Wow. And then we're also looking at amino acids, right? And protein for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the podcast. So yeah, Mm -hmm. we start with a very in-depth nutrition analysis and it gets people's buy-in because they see on the screen Mm -hmm. and they get a printout of what they've been intaking. And it's very eye-opening for folks. And it also makes them feel like, oh my gosh, there's stuff I can do. Right. Which is what I'm all about, right? The practical, tactical, make it available, make it easy. And that's what you're doing. So we also have a Thrive panel that we run where we are checking biomarkers, right? Mm -hmm. So it would be irresponsible medicine to treat anybody for depression without first checking. The typical labs that you guys get run at a physical, right? Which is CBC, CMP, thyroid panel, cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And then we always ask for vitamin D and iron mm-hmm. because those have a huge impact on mental health. CBC and CMP for you guys who don't know, CBC stands for complete blood count and it looks at the health of your red and white blood cells. We can start to see things like nutritional anemias in a CBC, immune system dysregulation in a CBC. In a CMP or comprehensive metabolic panel, we can see the health of your kidneys, of your liver, Mm -hmm. your electrolyte balance, the protein in your blood. And so you guys, I really have just fallen back in love with primary care. Like the more I'm in functional medicine, the more I'm like, you have to be seeing primary care once a year because these labs are important. These labs allow us to catch things early and they let us look under the hood. Well, and these labs are considered primary care type labs, but you're looking at it from a completely functional Mm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? A lot of times, as an example, I went and got a physical, I had a brand new doctor. As a doctor, doctors still need doctors. I went and saw it, got a physical, and she did some basic blood work on me. She didn't know I was a doctor for whatever reason. She didn't ask. She didn't look at my chart, even though it says it. And she said, okay, go get blood work. And everything on my blood work had, had, there was no red flags, right? There was nothing that said L or H for low or high. And I never heard from her again. And I thought, gosh, if I know at least know what I'm looking at, I know how to read the, a CBC, a CMP, a vitamin D, thyroid. But if you're the average person, you have no idea. You're just waiting for somebody to tell you, is it normal? Is there anything not normal? Mm-hmm. It's like looking at a foreign language sometimes when you're looking at these lab results. And even if it doesn't say an L or an H for low or high, from a functional perspective, you could be right at the upper or lower mm-hmm. end of the range. Like if the cutoff is 100 and you're 99, you're still considered in range. And so that's where even you, you they are conventional primary care type labs in a lot of regards, but you have a whole different spin on it. Yeah. So we always have people bring in their labs from primary care. And it's so <laughs> healing for people because first of all, and again, we're not knocking primary care here, guys. No. Oh, no. Their job is to like, keep you alive. Mm-hmm. When you walk in, their number one job is, are you dying? Do you need to go to the ER? Mm-hmm. Are you overdue on screenings for things that will kill you like colon cancer, mm-hmm. right? Do you need a prescription update? Do you need a referral? That's it. That's all you're going to get. 
because that's all you're paying for. That's all your insurance pays for. Yeah. If you want more time, you've got to see somebody who will give you more time. Mm -hmm. So I have the time because I meet with people for 90 minutes the first time. I know you're the same way. Any naturopathic or functional medicine doctor has more time so they can explain these things to you. So people find it very healing because they're like, oh my God, I never knew that that's what this lab meant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you're wondering, guys, schedule a follow-up with your doctor. All you have to say is, I want to go over my labs. Yeah. Right. And even if it is completely normal, it's you're still in your right to say, I don't know what this means. What is a red blood cell? Yes. I'm not in medicine. I have no idea. Right. Like what is sodium and potassium? I know it's normal. I'm in the reference range, but I don't know what that means. It's, it's your blood work and you have every right to ask. Oh my God. One of the things mm -hmm. we talk about immediately when people show me their CMP. So guys go, if you've had lab work and you've had a comprehensive metabolic panel or a basic metabolic panel, and you can go find it. And this is, by the way, we cover this. We have a whole series about this in our nutrition for wellness series. It's called eat right for your labs. And we go through labs in this video and we're like, this is what this means. This is what that means. Again, because mm -hmm. this is what people need. Mm -hmm. So sodium and potassium are electrolytes, right? Mm -hmm. Our bodies are biochemical and electrical. So our brains and nervous systems run on electricity. That electricity is encased in insulation. That insulation is fat, but we are electrical beings. So there's electricity running through your body. That electricity is created mostly by sodium, potassium, calcium, and chloride that are going across a membrane and they kind of almost create a spark of energy, mm -hmm. right? And that's what creates electricity in the human body. Your body will do anything it can possibly do to keep those electrolytes balanced in your blood because if they're not balanced, you could die, right? Yeah. Because yeah. your heart will start to beat abnormally because it's getting the wrong electrical signal. So people often come in and we can see in their nutrient analysis, they're getting 10% of the potassium they need in a day. They've been getting the 10% of the potassium they need in a day for a long time, mm -hmm. but their blood potassium is normal. That's because your body will pull from bone, from mm -hmm. tissues, to balance your bloodstream because it needs to keep you alive. So we go through that with people too. And that's why we pair it with the nutrient analysis so that people have a more in-depth understanding and they don't just go, oh, I'm totally getting enough potassium. My labs were fine and move on. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, and I think that's a really critical point to make. Your body wants to keep you alive. It's going to do whatever it can to keep you alive. And it's what's the saying my mom always said, it's going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. no, to be, so it's going to do it out just out of you said, like you said, out of your bones, out of your tissues from your teeth, like wherever, to keep some of these things in checks and balances. Yes. But the problem is once you start to run out, <laughs> that's when you are now symptomatic. That's when disease starts to show up because you have been borrowing and stealing from different parts of your body over the years, the many years. Yeah. And you haven't filled up the bucket. Oh my gosh. That your bucket's emptying. <laughs> How many women have we seen who like got pregnant a couple times in a row and now their teeth are terrible and they mm -hmm. don't know why? Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, you have no minerals left. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, this has become a thing. I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but you'll see it in Instagram and TikTok where it's become like a public service announcement. These moms who are wearing dentures, right? Because they've had multiple kids and they it's a total mineral issue to show what can happen in pregnancy. And what's interesting is sometimes when I watch them, it's a PSA around like, this is what can happen with being pregnant. But as a doctor, like as somebody who's looking at it from a functional point of view, I'm like, that's minerals. Yes. Girl, you need minerals. Like what you, I, I'm assuming, I hate to assume, but I'm thinking there's something major going on with the minerals here. Either you didn't have them for a long time. There's something in your body around minerals, something genetically around minerals, something with minerals you're missing, you're not getting. And then when you have children, the pregnancy just leeches. And now- 
you're in the case of the social media examples, it affects the teeth and they end up with dentures. Yeah, guys, this so does not have to be your story, please. Like mm-hmm. contact a functional medicine doctor because <laughs> we can prevent this yeah. from happening by making sure you have a very mineral rich and replete diet and that you're mm-hmm. actually absorbing them. So that's what I mean when I say health is a birthright. Learning how to use food as medicine is a birthright. No one should be like winding up with dentures because of pregnancy. Pregnancy is a natural state of the human body. Mm-hmm. You just have to know how to support your body during that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you you say in your clinic that you combine a lot of things. We've talked about sort of conventional, we've talked about naturopathic, but you also combine therapy and coaching. And obviously, we've been talking about nutrition. Why do you do that? Why do you combine all these different types when you're working with your patients and especially with mental health? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked that. Because we <laughs> because we get the best outcomes. Mm-hmm. If you guys come in, right, and you have a history of trauma and negative self-talk, and you come in for one visit with me, you're going to get an amazing plan, right? It's going to be a beautiful meal plan and supplement plan and awesome labs. But you need somebody to help you heal from the trauma, mm-hmm. reverse your self-talk, and you need support along the way. Mm-hmm. You need someone checking in with you once a week and supporting you, right? You need to treat your whole person, mind, body, and spirit for you to get whole person healing. And so what we found is when we combine functional medicine, nutrition, and therapy, people get the best results and people thrive. And that's what we're about at Sonari today is our motto is thrive. So it's not just like, right? It's not just heal. It's not just get therapy. It's like, what do you need to thrive? Okay, today you're on the couch and you're sad and like you can't even get to work because you're so depressed. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What's thriving to you? Do you want to be climbing mountains in three years? Because we'll get you there. You want to be running a marathon to you? I'm serious, right? Like you want to be doing gymnastics? Like you want to be doing art and painting or running after your kids? Like whatever it is, we're going to get you there. And so what we find is that when we combine those, that's what people need to truly heal. And I love the fact that I can walk down the hall to somebody's therapist and we can talk about they're stuck, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the reverse is true. If you've been in therapy for 10 years and you're still stuck and you're at the point where you think you're just depressed or anxious as a personality trait, I'd like to, hi, let me introduce you to functional medicine. <laughs> no. Amen. <laughs> right? Like if you are doing the work in therapy and it's not working, therapy's not your problem. I have no problem saying that yeah. full stop. Yeah. It is something else. Now, does that mean that you don't need therapy? No, every single human on the planet should be in therapy once a week. I am a huge fan of therapy. I love all the therapists I work with. But like, give yourself some credit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got a folate deficiency or a, you're low thyroid, mm-hmm. right? Or you've got an autoimmune disorder that's creating inflammation in your brain. Like that's, we heal shame more than anything else at Sonare. I truly believe because people come in thinking it's my fault. It's me. Something's wrong with me. That's so, yes. Yeah. Keep going. Oh my God. And <laughs> we show them, right? We show them through either lab work or nutrient analysis or intake or therapy assessment. This is not your fault here are the barriers to healing and we can help you remove them so that you can heal and thrive. And then you leave and go live your best life and you forget you even needed us. Maybe we get together for coffee, but certainly like you don't need to come in any every week anymore. And then you go help other people. That's the goal, mm-hmm. right? You find that sort of like what breaks your heart in this world and you mm-hmm. move towards that passion and you start fixing problems. That's what people who are healed and who are thriving do. Yeah. That's the type of people that we want to create more of in the world. That's why we're doing what we're doing every single day. It's not right. I love that. There's the same, and we talk about lifespan, right? Like how long you're going to live. And then there's health span. How are you going to live that lifespan? Yes. Right. And the thrive aspect. I absolutely love that you say that. And that's your motto over and over. Because I think 
in talk in seeing patients for a lot of years, being upright is good enough for a lot of people because they don't know any better or because it's been a slow declining progression that they didn't realize they weren't thriving anymore. They open their eyes every day. So that was pretty good. And then once you get them feeling like they're thriving, then it's a whole new world. Oh my God. We're selling joy. Hardcore. That's what we sell. (laughs) Healing happens to joy. My motto is healing happens to joy. So absolutely. Yeah. Kindred spirits over here. But yeah, and you, (laughs) right. And and people can feel that when they walk in the Mm -hmm. clinic. Yeah. That's how you guys should feel when you walk into a doctor's office or a therapist's office. You should feel a little spark. You should see that spark in them, right? Right. That's the magic. That's good medicine. Unless you're a little bit low in serotonin, then you might be nitpicky about it. (laughs) (laughs) But now you will recognize when you walk in and you're picking apart everything in the clinic, it's probably your low serotonin. I got you. Call me up. Did you even talk? Right. (laughs) Call me up. I got you. Let's talk about behavior. Because a lot of this involves behavior. You said that the, in our conversation that we were having a couple of weeks ago, you had said to me, the brain is the organ of behavior. What does that mean? Oh my gosh. Yes. In the same way that guys, your liver enzymes are going to go up, you're going to get fatty liver, right? If you're like mm-hmm. drinking too much alcohol or you aren't eating enough fiber, or you have toxins, and that's going to make you feel fatigued, sluggish, mm-hmm. right? And give you some brain fog and then also interfere with your hormone metabolism. Those are symptoms of that organ not functioning well. They have nothing to do with willpower, personality, or drive, or commitment. It is biochemical, and it's happening on a physical level in that organ. In the same way, your brain controls your behavior. It controls your eating behavior. It controls your focus. It controls your ability to do things like planning for the future that lives in your frontal lobe, Mm -hmm. right? So you remembering to schedule your car maintenance and pay your taxes on time. If your frontal lobe is not getting enough blood flow or dopamine, That's not going to happen for you. Mm -hmm. Is that because you're lazy or disorganized or scattered? No, it's because your frontal lobe isn't working. We are going to fix that for you. Same thing, PTSD and anxiety. Often there's stuff going on in your limbic system, your basal ganglia, your amygdala, right? We can see it on SPECT imaging. We put you in a SPECT scanner. We look at blood flow in your brain. We can see those disorders in the brain. And for those people that are listening, those are all sections of the brain. They're Mm -hmm. important sections of the brain. If you guys take your fingers put them in your ears where they would be in the middle is where your limbic system is. And you can actually feel this because when this is activated and you're ruminating it, we call it limbic looping in the clinic. Uh. Literally, you could take a circle and kind of draw in a circle around your ear. And that's what it feels like. You can feel it. You're looping on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of metabolic activity in there right now. We got to calm that down for you. So these problems live in the brain. They don't live in your personality. That's what we believe. This is not your fault. We say this more than anything to all of our clients. Like, this is not your fault, right? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the highest functioning clients I see, right? They're CEOs or they're pastors or like whatever they're doing, they're running stuff. They so often feel like their problems are their fault mm-hmm. or they feel like their problems are due to some sort of failing in like their effort to try. Yeah. And they don't even look at their health or their brain. And guys, your brain is an organ just like any other organ. And it is connected to the rest of your body through your neck and your blood supply. Mm -hmm. Anybody who tells you it's all in your head hasn't studied human anatomy (laughs) because your head's connected to your body, right? Right. So yes. Absolutely. I know. Deep. (laughs) Let it out. (laughs) Sing it. (laughs) So yes, the brain being the organ of behavior means that it's my job to treat it. Mm -hmm. I'm a doctor. Your brain's an organ like any other organ. I'm going to help you treat it. You're going to feel better. So these symptoms that you're having, these brain-based symptoms, we can heal. And we're the experts in treating the brain. 
at the clinic at Sonora. And naturopathic and functional medicine doctors in general are because we study human nutrition and biochemistry and the brain runs on nutrients and biochemical reactions. So that is our domain to treat. But there's another part to this. Your behaviors get you well, right? Right. So you have to wake up, drink enough water to replete your bloodstream so you can perfuse your brain with blood, right? You're not going to deliver all the awesome nutrients I'm giving you in your food is medicine plan to your brain if you don't have enough blood. You have to drink things, water. Water, (laughs) right. Let's clarify that. Water with some minerals. Okay. And then you have to feed yourself routinely. If you have supplements, you need to take them, right? If If exercise is part of your plan, you need to do that. If there's reading or journaling, that's part of your plan. Those are behaviors. So often when people come in and they're so depleted, they can't even like eat a PBJ a day. That's when people either use medication or supplements, right? Because we got to just start to get your brain what it needs to help you implement the behaviors that will one day help you thrive. So we're not going to ask somebody who can barely walk into the clinic to go start training for a half marathon. That's ridiculous. You can't even feed yourself, right? So we're going to give you the chemicals you need to do it. But then we're also going to give you the support, right? So we've got therapy, we've got life coaching, we've got accountability programs. We text people every day if they want. And it's a lot of people have this hang up around, I shouldn't need to set an alarm on my phone to remind me to drink water. And I'm like, why? Why not? Yeah. Put a sticky note places. Give yourself a sticker reward. Like, yeah, eat a, whatever eat a it takes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes. <laughs> right. Pay your kids yeah. to remind you, like, whatever it is. Like, we got to start implementing those behaviors so that you can start to heal. So that's why we do therapy and functional medicine mm-hmm. together because it, once you get both, mm-hmm. you're set. It's magic. Mm -hmm. It's where the magic happens. Oh, Mm -hmm. Kate, this has been such an amazing conversation. I love talking with you. I'm so glad that you're on. Same. Now, this is, as you know, the Root Cause Medicine podcast. And so as a final question, and I said this somewhere in the beginning of the podcast, I am all about practical, tactical, accessible. So as a final like shout out, what do you want people to take away that's actionable around food as medicine and mental health? Love it. If you do not check, you cannot know. Mm. So everyone who's listening, I want you to either do a nutrient analysis for yourself or find a practitioner who can do one for you. If you don't check, you can't know if you're getting enough B vitamins, amino acids, all the things you need to make neurotransmitters. You can check on your own with an app like MyFitnessPal or Chronometer. Go and look, are you getting enough B12, folate, and amino acids throughout the week? or go see a functional medicine practitioner, somebody like me who also specializes in functional nutrition and get them to do one for you. If you do not check, you cannot know. Let us help you. Oh, I love that. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Kate Henry on the Root Cause Medicine podcast. I will have all of her social media links, website, everything linked below in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me and for your work in democratizing access to good medicine. I appreciate it. The Root Cause Medicine podcast is brought to you by Rupa Health. To find out more about us and how we are changing the lives of patients and practitioners across the U.S., head to rupahealth.com. And then make sure to search for Root Cause Medicine and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere good podcasts are found. Make sure to click that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Rupa Health, thanks for listening.